welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hi, this is Charles Kelly, Money Tips Podcast, podcast, not podcast. Great to see you all again. Uh, I'm going to keep this quite short today because I want to talk about briefly about the Queen, but not just about, you know, the, the usual stuff that you hear. But I'm asking the question, what has the Queen ever done for us? I mean, us as in, you know, the British public, the British, the country, the UK country. Uh, what is the Queen? Because I've heard a lot of comments recently and people are saying, well, what has she done for us? You know, she just sits there in this castle and that sort of thing. Um, you know, has free houses in Balmoral. All these sorts of comments are coming out. So I wanted to just explore that, actually. Now, I would say that apart from, and let's leave aside the, the 600 charities she supports. Let's leave aside her civic duties. The fact that she'll be on constantly on engagements, opening this, opening that, visiting all sorts of charities, hospitals, new developments, all that sort of thing. And then apart from the the constitutional duty she has as head of state, signing off laws, giving the royal assent to, to new laws, to new legislation. You know, apart from that, uh, apart from her responsibilities of meeting the the, 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 the prime ministers of the day and, and lots of other government people of the day. And while she hasn't got any direct powers, she has a lot of influence over uh, the way government is run. And just, but let's leave all that aside, right? Um, you know, her 70 years of contribution, working almost up until her, her death, signing papers with this red box that she used to get. Let's leave all that aside and just focus on one thing, and that is tourism. Right, tourism, people visiting the UK that know about the Queen, one of the most famous uh, faces in the world. You know, um, she is one of the most photographed person in the world. This is just the Queen. This is one of the royal family. You know, the Queen and the royal family in general have attracted, you know, millions and millions of tourists over the years. Every year we get millions of visitors, many of whom come to London and other cities because of, of the royal family. Okay, it's not the only reason they come here, but it it certainly is a big attraction. I'm sure France, who of course beheaded their, their their royal family, would love to have a royal family to bring in the punters, to get bums on seats in French hotels. I'm sure they would love that. You know, so um, let, let's just look at that. She's, in fact, you know, she's still packing them in now after her death. There are still people packing their way into London and, and filling up the hotels in London right now and queuing up for, for a whole day. There's a three-mile queue just to see past her coffin. You know, and then let's look at the, you know, the publicity and, and the, the attraction that, that the royal family bring to the UK. I mean, on Sunday, they, they brought a coffin from Balmoral down to, to Edinburgh to lay in state. And there was a, a helicopter in the sky following the procession for six hours. It was it, unbelievable. Um, and they followed it through these Scottish highlands and you saw these lovely villages and lovely places. Uh, and then you, you saw cities and then villages and then Edinburgh, of course, beautiful Edinburgh. Now, do you think that's been good for Scottish tourism? I, yes, of course it has. Do you think the Scottish Tourism Board could have afforded that, that sort of commercial that long, a six-hour commercial for Scotland? Of course not. And all the photos in London, all the, the marching bands and the, the guards, and, you know, this is 
huge amounts of free publicity for UK PLC. And do you think that's going to bring in tourists? Of course it is. Naturally, of course it is. So just, just look at that. You know, and, and Prince Charles is a brand. Prince William and, is, uh, William and Kate are a brand. Even Harry and Meghan are their own brand. And you can see how much Harry and, uh, Harry and Meghan has cashed in on their own brands. They've gone, they've gone private, if you like. They, they're, they're making millions of, of dollars as brand Harry and Meghan. I think that's more of an influence of Meghan, actually. But, you know, you, you can see how they are becoming like, like the Kardashians of the royal family, if you like. And, uh, you know, so it's incalculable how much their brand is worth, although it has been calculated, actually. But, you know, I mean, I can't imagine the Queen going down the road of, you know, the Kardashians or any, you know, I just can't imagine her going privatizing her brand in that way. But it just illustrates what the, the, the family are worth. I mean, think of the business they bring into the UK and think of the, the, the hotels, the restaurants, the airports, the, the taxi drivers who earn money, the support staff, the thousands of workers who work in the tourism industry, which is one of the biggest industries in the UK, actually. And it brings a lot of invisible earnings to the balance of payments. You know, there's no doubt that they have contributed hugely to, to UK PLC. So how much is the royal family's brand worth? Well, businessinsider.com uh, in 2017 calculated their worth at £67 billion. £67 billion. And they said that they contribute every year £2.4 billion to the UK economy. That's I would say that's a small estimate, actually, uh, but it ju just shows you what. So when people say, what has a queen ever done for us? Well, they bring in business and that, that helps to, to fuel the economy of this country. It means that, that the, the businesses that benefit from this pay more taxes and add in those taxes and into the exchequer to the, 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 the government coffers, which then means that they can pay out. Uh, also, thing running the NHS, running schools, running the roads and the police and the security, and pay out benefits for people who are unfortunate enough not to be able to work or are sick. So that's what I think the Queen does for us. I'm not, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, a raving royalist, but I can appreciate what they do for us. You've only got to go into London. I was in London on Sunday. It was packed with people, literally packed with people. Now, before I go on, I just want to say, could you please like and subscribe? To, to this uh, podcast, to this post that you see. It not only helps me, but it helps get the content out to, to people to see this free content that benefits them. And if you stay to the end, I'm going to tell you about a special offer I've got for you right today to, to maybe talk to me personally about how you can develop your, your own business. Now, what is the most valuable brand in the world? Well, Years ago, I would have definitely said Coca-Cola because that's what it was. It was Coca-Cola. I think McDonald's was, was up there as well. But now uh, the brands are, are dominated by tech and Silicon Valley type companies. And uh, according to Kantar Brand Z, the top 10 most valuable global brands are, which is the most valuable brand in the world? Apple. Apple is the most valuable brand in the world, worth nearly a trillion dollars. Followed by, I'll just read out the top 10 very quickly. Google, Amazon, Microsoft, all Silicon Valley companies. Uh, Facebook is in there at number uh, seven, but then it goes on from Microsoft to Tencent, a Chinese company, McDonald's. Uh, um, then you've got um, uh, fa Facebook, Alibaba, Louis Vuitton. Uh, so, so those are, are the companies there. Uh, mostly, uh, as I said, 
dominated by American companies, but Tencent and uh, Alibaba, of course, Chinese companies, and Louis Vuitton uh, still is a French company. Uh, but Apple, Apple's brand alone is worth to, estimated to be worth $1 trillion, and Google and Amazon are not far uh, behind. Uh, but, um, you know, China's, as I said, got two companies in there now. So, you know, when you talk about developing your own brand, how do you develop your own brand? Well, well look at the way China has developed those two brands. Um, China is moving away from just becoming a, a manufacturing company, manufacturing cheap goods. They are trying to develop their own brand names and they're doing it very, very well uh, with their own cars, with their own trainers, with their own sports range. And, and you know, Tencent and Alibaba are moving towards that. Now, they're now in the top 10 brands in, in the world. Now, I, I don't claim to be a brand expert, but one of the ways you can do uh, to, to help develop your own brand, because you might be a small business, is you've got to try and distinguish yourself from, from the pack. Um, you know, there are lots of mobile phone companies out there, but Apple distinguished itself from the pack. And in fact, the, the most popular mobile phone at that time was, was probably Nokia. And Apple have just, you know, knock them off the park if you like uh, but you know you, you've got and there were lots of search engines out there before Google and there were lots of online companies out there selling stuff online you know before Amazon so you've got to be able to uh, I, I think distinguish yourself and not just be a company that sells a, a cheap commodity in, in, a, in a race to the bottom because if you offer a good product, if you an Apple's not by no means the cheapest mobile phone out there, is it? But but I've got an Apple phone and I wouldn't change it. You know, I they've got a moat around their brand that means that people will will will, will not change their brand so easily. Yeah, some people have changed to, to um, you know Android phones and something like they're better than Apple phones. But once you're in there, you know, once you're in that Apple thing, you, you know, you've got all your software set up, you've got all these things that you're used to it. You know, it's, it's unlikely that you're going to change very easily. So Apple have got this brand around them and they, they distinguish themselves in ways that other companies just have not. So they don't race to the bottom. Just to Steve Jobs didn't say, well, we're going to have the cheapest phone out there. And, and that's the same with you. If you've got a good product, if you've got a premium product, then people will pay for that product. You know, I was at and a meeting today at one of the David Lloyd centers in, in Bushy, uh, which is, a, is, is an affluent area uh, near Radlett and Bushy. And it's, you know, there's a lot of money there and they have a, a massive um, David Lloyd gym and tennis courts and swimming pool. And they're developing it. They're spending four million developing the spa there. And, and they've got premium type customers. They want the exclusivity that uh, somewhere like the David Lloyd gives them and they're prepared to pay for it. I mean, I have to say, I go, I go to Pure Gym. It's a cheap gym, but they've they've got a brand name, right? But but it, but it is known for uh, their, their brand is based on you know low fees, but with classes. Uh, not many staff there, but it's just a gym. There's no pool, and that that suits me. You know, I only pay about twenty pounds a month, but that suits me. But if I wanted to play tennis, if I wanted a pool, then you know the David Lloyd would be would be great. Now. I, I used to be a member of the David Lloyd when I played tennis, but I'm not now. And I just asked them, how much do you charge now for, for your fees? And she said, it's £180 a month. Now, that's a big, that's a lot of money. You know, £180 a month when you could get lots of gym memberships for, you know, between 20 and £50 a month very easily. They charge £180 per month, but they've got They've got a restaurant, they've got bars, they've got kiddie places. And, and you can see that it's a, it's, a, it's a premium product. 
But I asked them, I said, well, are you, are you, have you got lots of members? I said, yeah, we, we're fine. You know, you see people going in and out there. They've got money to spend. They People have got money. I know there's a, a, a pending recession. I know that people are struggling out there. But nevertheless, there are still people out there with money to spend. And if you've got the right product for them and you offer an exceptional service, then you will be you will build a brand based on that. Now, you know, you might not be up there with, with you know, with the apples of this world, but you can build a brand based around offering a better service, a more of a premium service than, than just offering the cheapest thing. I, I, I met a solicitor that started up a law firm that, that um, is different from other solicitors. He's, he's not just exchanging his time for money. Um, he, he's doing something different. I want to get him on this podcast very shortly. But, but one of the things they, they do is they, they offer a better service. They're not offering the cheapest conveyancing, for instance. They don't just do conveyance, but they're not, not offering the cheapest conveyancing, but they'll offer a better service. You can get hold of the person when you want to. You'll be speaking to the same person every time, not just somebody in a call center factory type of conveyancing. So they're, they're, they're distinguishing themselves. They're above the pack. They've got their head above the pack. And as Zig Ziglar said, there's always more room at the top. At the top of the pyramid, there's less people, isn't there? There's more people at the bottom of the pyramid, all struggling and scraping around. But at the top of the pyramid, there's more people. As they said, you know, most of the wealth goes to the top 5% because the top 5% doing something different than the, the, the rest of the 95%. So that's just a little tip on branding there. There's a lot more to learn about branding. And I'm going to be bringing someone on this podcast. We'll be talking about how to, to, to build your own brand and build your own business in, in future weeks. Now, uh, before I go, I just wanted to say, um, you know, if you're, if you're trying to build a business, if you're, you're out there, you're trying to get through these, these difficult times, right? And, and you, you, you want to get your, your particular own finances under control, then do check out my free training. Uh, I'll put a link up in the description. Click on the link and you can check out my, my very great training, but for absolutely free, which will help you get control of your finances within a 28 period day period and then help you to then build financial freedom from there and if you want to book a personal consultation with me for what i call a, a wealth accelerator discovery call then you can do that as well in the description by by clicking on the link so have a have a have a, have a great day have a great evening great morning whatever time you listen to this and don't forget to like and subscribe so that other people can benefit from my my free content which is on youtube facebook itunes and it's all over the place so thanks very much for listening and bye for now thank you for listening to money tips for more tips and information visit moneytipsdaily.com the information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice as always take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions 